everybody, welcome back to Discover Springford. I'm standing in front of Stickman Brews just outside of Royer's Ford Borough in Limerick Township. Owners Ethan and Jim Buckman have been kind enough to allow us to do this interview on one of their off days. So why don't we get inside and see exactly how Stickman Brews is unlike any other brewery that you've been to. I'm Jeff Desiato, a local realtor, aspiring actor, and transplant to the Springford area. And I'm on a mission to find the best that Springford has to offer. I'll be interviewing local business owners, civil servants, and other prominent members of the community to find out what makes Springford a great place to live, work, eat, and explore. I invite you to join me on my journey as I discover Springford. So welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks Appreciate for having it. Us Thanks for having us. So why don't we just dive in? I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, tell me a little bit about your, obviously, you have a similar, I would imagine a similar family background since you're related, um, but where you grew up, how you guys um, decided to go into a partnership. So I'll let whoever wants to start can jump in there. Um, well, I'm the younger cousin. I grew up in Cherry Hill, actually. Okay. Um, and I've been in the brewing industry for a while. And uh, when I kind of reached a point in my career where I wanted to open up my own place, um, I just started talking to Jim about it. And that's where, that's where it happened. We actually uh, started talking about the plan at another bar out near his house. Okay. Yeah. So where is that? Where was that? We were sitting at uh, Casey's in Berwyn having a beer and burger or something like that. Ethan was telling me about his plan. I thought it'd be something my wife was it would be interested in. Uh, she's got an entrepreneurial spirit too, and we were looking to do something at the time that Ethan approached us about it. So seemed like as good a, good of an idea as any. Particularly having somebody with a lot of experience in the brew side. There's a lot of people opening breweries now that know they want to open a brewery and then they figure everything else out but we had everything figured out and then just had to figure out whether or not we wanted to open a brewery right so, so we did it in the right order I yeah think. i think so uh, so ethan was uh, did he kind of train you in the things then if you weren't as experienced in this uh this ethan arena? handles a lot of the okay. brewing, so i don't i do some odds and ends tasks for him to help yeah. him out or to make it so he doesn't have to come in he lives in south philly so oh, wow, okay. so i can save him a commute he might ask me to do an odd task here and there but he handles 90 percent of the heavy lifting with the brewery side okay and then where did you you grew up in the berwin area or i grew up in uh i grew up in upper darby okay and uh I've not lived there in quite some time, yeah. but yeah, now I live in the in, in the in the Wayne area right okay. now. So, so how did you get to the point where you you thought you had something here? Because obviously you wanted to do it, but what? Tell me about the moment where you know you took the step and you started to see the the response. Uh, well, um, we started out actually not thinking we were even going to have a brick and mortar place. Uh, so we started out considering doing something called gypsy brewing, where you essentially rent space from other breweries and just produce for production. Um, but when we ran the numbers on that and we were kind of trying to figure out where to do it, the process was frustrating and the potential payoff was a lot smaller. Uh, so we started we started looking for space, and when we landed in uh, this space in Royersford, um, 
we decided to go ahead and, and start trying to do it. And uh, the response, as soon as people found out we were doing construction in this space, was almost immediate. So That's we great. knew, yeah, we knew months before we opened that um, people were going to be really receptive to it because uh, everybody in the town is super friendly. People were driving by, asking us what we were doing, talking to us, trying to get to know us uh, while we were under construction. So um, even before we opened the doors, we knew Royersford was going to be a good place to have the uh, the company. Yeah, that's one of the things I, in, in the last episode, talking to uh, Anil Dom, the president, about just how there's there's kind of this percolating thing happening in Royersford. It's it's like the next the next thing that's about to launch, it seems like. And, and to have someone said to me, like, well, they got a brewery in here. So that, that's usually, like, the first step. Like, once you get a brewery into a town, like, it brings people. So It's a good step. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. And now, um, why brewing? Why brewing? Yeah. Um, well, I started brewing as a way to make money in college. And um, I didn't like college very much, and I did like brewing. So yeah. I dropped out of college and did the... Uh, did that instead. I I, um, I got a full time job at a brewery when I was nineteen. Dropped out of college and just kind of wanted to see where it would lead. And uh, seven years later, I'm here. Wow. So, yeah. So, what was the first step where you kind of? Uh, and I'm I'm sure you established your own uh, your own skill set. Your own. Uh, I would imagine with brewing, there's there there's a specific taste or flavor that you're going for to to set yourself apart. Sure. Um, when I started brewing, uh, I worked for a couple companies out in Pittsburgh, and simultaneously I was working full-time at a uh, German brewery uh, where I was learning all about lager production and classic European brewing techniques, and I was working part-time at another brewery where I was managing the barrel aging program and the wild and sour beers, and I kind of started mixing those two techniques together uh, really early in my career in the first year or two that I had been doing this. And uh, that's kind of what we end up with here. Right. So that's really cool. So tell me a little bit about the, uh, the operations of the business. Uh, when did you guys officially open the doors? And uh, so we opened in yeah. December of 2015. Uh, we're open five days a week from Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, and the hours differ a little bit, but um, Fridays and Saturdays we're open until midnight. Um, and we bring bands in, we bring food trucks. We don't do our own food, but we, we have food trucks here Friday, oh, cool. Saturdays, and, and most Sundays, but Fridays and Saturdays 100% of the time, unless there's a cancellation or anything. Right. But uh, So we'll do that. Um, we'll bring bands in. We'll occasionally host our own kind of parties. We've done like a themed like muscle night where we've had ticketed events that we've had um, here. We usually do a party every year around the time of our anniversary okay. in December. Uh, this year, I think it's the 9th or something. Oh, we're, doing, okay. we're doing our anniversary party December 9th this year. Um, and so that's kind of it. I mean, people come in, they hang out. When, when there's football games, we put football games on. But other than that, we don't do a lot with the televisions and stuff like that. If if it's not football, if it's another sport, we kind of limit it to like that sports, maybe their biggest games, their playoffs, their finals, something like that. Um, other than that, we'll put football on on Sundays and um, – uh, that's pretty much it. People come in, they get, you can see over here, we, we sell four packs uh, in cans, so you can grab things for takeout. You can bring your growler, get it filled. We have flights, we sell wine. Um, we have uh, tons of board games. We, we encourage people oh, to come cool. here. and yeah. We encourage people to come in here and just sit down and have a good time, relax. And, you know, the phones are a part of life, right? You're right. not going to put it down, you know, especially if it's parents and they have a sitter. But, but we do kind of 
we don't have a wife, we don't have free Wi-Fi, we don't really encourage that, you know, people sit around and just streaming things or doing right. things on their phone when they could be sitting here having a conversation or playing games. And, and a lot of times people do it. People sit at this bar and they'll just end up talking to the person next to them, you know, which That's great. doesn't really happen when you have 14 TVs to watch because it's, it's, it's a lot easier just to play like, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, to be a lot more unapproachable when people think you're, you're, you're fixated on something, you know, right. oh, I'm really into this game, you know, I don't want to be bothered. But when you're not, you know, you're just talking, you're talking to the bartenders, the bartenders here are either, you know, my brothers, friends, you know, things like that. Everybody, the bartenders come in, they know a, a, a huge majority of the people's names, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of like Springford, right? right. Like it's a small town, people like that about it. It's small in some ways, but you know, we also have a nuclear power plant right. and an airport, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 a, and, a, and, you know, the big shopping mall up there in Sanatoga. Yeah. So there's a lot going on here, but it still kind of has a small town right. feel. And this, this helps, you know, when people come in, I know this guy's name. Oh, hey, how you doing, Jeff? Come on in. Yeah. You know, so people really like that about the place. And that's like, that's one of the comments that we get all the time, that the staff is really friendly. The place is like a very relaxed atmosphere, you know. Um, we do allow people to bring their kids in. We try not to, you know, overdo it with that. Yeah, right. You know, we, we, we like kids. We don't like entire team, teams of children yeah, coming right. from a birthday party. But yeah. but for the most part, people really do a nice job. They Their kids are well-behaved. They watch them. It's a good place for families. It's a good place for just adults to come and yeah. hang out. Well, I think it's awesome that you guys have, like, the board games and stuff. Like, was that the vibe that you've established here? Was that something you thought about before you even opened the doors like you wanted to limit the uh the screens limit the uh the non-social interaction that was test. something that, that we something did big- we kind of acquiesced to the one screen but the one screen is really just a projector right, right. when we're not using it it's gone it's a yeah. black wall right yeah. so we kind of said hey there are some times that you know that it would be helpful to have a TV on. You know, Sundays for football. Right. Sundays can be slower if people are out and about doing things. So there's not really a lot of harm in letting somebody watch a football game or if it's a big, sure. you know, the, the, the NCAA, the, you know, the March Madness, you know, where nobody follows basketball all year. And then all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden people that don't know one player's name on a team are very interested because they filled out a block pool. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, right. so that kind of happens. So we said, ah, it can't really hurt to put it on. A lot of times we'll put things on even without the sound, too. Yeah. So it doesn't really disrupt anyone. Um, for the football, we'll have sound on, but a lot of times for the back, you know different games, if it's a different event, we'll just turn on the projector and not even use the sound. So yeah. it's kind of like a, a nice balance for everybody. And I would think that having it located in, in a central spot, that it kind of it encourages that communication still. Like, you know, everybody is watching the same thing. Everyone's watching Instead the same of it thing. Being like fifty different things and people staying you know isolated onto themselves. Because I know that you know. If I go to a bar and watch a game, it's usually only when it's a big thing, and it's because I can't go to the game myself, but I want to be among other people that are rooting and cheering for the same thing. It's more fun to watch it with a lot of people, right? So so that's really, I think that helps. So everyone's cheering for the same thing. We don't have, like, the direct TV package where these guys over here cheering are cheering for the Eagles, and these guys are over here cheering for the New England Patriots, and over, you know, whatever TV you're looking at, right? (laughs) You know, so... Yeah, and it is cool. We do get a pretty, we do get a pretty uh, spirited atmosphere yeah. on Sundays. Right? Oh it seems yeah. Like, do you get a lot of like? Because uh, it seems like you guys are purists for the in, in the sense of, of of the craft of brewing. Just in the the overall vibe, just seems to be very true to what I've come to experience breweries being. Not that you are copying or 
you definitely have your own distinct feel, but it, it seems authentic and natural. Um, so I think that comes across in, in what you're presenting here for sure. Yeah, we we um, we try to the whole the whole concept of the brand down to the name and the labels where we're just drawing stick figures on things. <laughs> um, down to, to how the place is set up and everything like that is to kind of uh, strip the uh, the pretension right. out of beer. Um, the you know you get a lot of guys who act like they're curing cancer because yeah. they, they learned how to brew a beer. Yeah. And uh, what we're trying to do is is kind of make beer democratic again. Um, it used to be that like all the normal guys went and drank a Budweiser at a bar, and um, then you had this craft beer come in, and, and for some reason, everybody acted like, if I spend more money to brew beer, I can only let a certain class of people in here, and that's just not how we're, not how we're trying to present the brand. Right. This is um, trying to make, make craft beer as democratic as every other kind of beer used to be. So That's awesome. And so I would imagine that's kind of the, I was going to ask, you know, the the etymology of the name and the, and the branding, and you kind of summed it up pretty well. Like, so what, in the specific, you know, story of how you came, decided to go Stickman Brews, you know, what, who came up with that and how did that kind of come about? So the, the initial idea for the brand came from when I was working at a brewery in Pittsburgh and I'd carried it around forever. Um, and me and some other brewers I worked with were out at a bar kind of making fun of how ridiculous some of the beer labels were. I won't call out I won't call out the specific brewery yeah. that inspired it's like it. It's like the Mona Lisa. Like yeah, they're it, trying to like it, really it, make it's it getting like really over the top. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we were making fun of them and I said if, if I ever got to open my brewery, this was you know, when I was I was actually twenty at the time. Yeah. Um, if I ever get to open a brewery I'm drawing stick figures on everything because it can't and um, Jim and, and Kate are those kind of people too. So when I, I told them this idea I had they loved it and we just kinda of ran with it. That's awesome. Before. And I mean I've seen it uh, you guys are very involved in the various events that are going in. So what other than just the available space, was there anything about the Royers Ford area specifically that kind of even got you looking out this way, especially not being from the well, area? Well, there was a pretty good void in the market out right. here. So that's always a good place to start. Yeah. But, but more so than that, there was a void in the market, but there was also a very good town that was being. It wasn't just there's voids in other markets, yeah, right. too. It doesn't mean you want to move there. So it was a it was a void in a very underserved market with people that are really looking for better quality products than they're accustomed to getting out here. And quite frankly, that's the way it's been. So, you know, the knock about this area has always been, Oh, there's nowhere good to do this. There's nowhere good to do that. And you know, that's, that's, it's not even slowly changing. It's now quickly changing, but for a while it was pretty slow. You know, we were, you know, 15 miles out 422, and it was like, who wants to deal with that? You know, but, you know, when you look around, you look at the demographics, you look at the makeup of the area, you look at all of the large employers, you look at the fact that there's people with very good jobs, there's people that earn a good living, they're, and they don't want to spend their money on garbage, they appreciate better things, so right. they want to go, and they'll, you know, they're not looking for, you know, the, you know, the $10 plate that's two meals in one, so you bring half yeah. of it home, you know. Right. So, I, I think that because it was an underserved area and because it's such a great area and because there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of very educated people here there's a lot of skilled tradesmen around here but there's there's a lot of people around here that appreciate what we're doing they appreciate some of the better you know some of the nice restaurants that we have they're doing a good job there you know we do have some chain restaurants and stuff out here and that's kind of what the area had been known for oh that's all it is that's all it is yeah. and that's really changing because right. 
while we do have them, there, there's a place for them. Yeah. You know, there's a place, there's always a place for that. They're good places for families because they encourage that. And sometimes more fine dining or higher end places don't really encourage right. that because people are spending a lot of money and they don't feel like you should be interrupted. Yeah. So you have a lot going on in an area like this and it's very good. It's a very good place to, to open a business. The, the township that we've had, we you know, this is Limerick Township. Okay. So... Um, we dealt exclusively with them for all of our permitting to open. They were beyond exceptional to deal with. Wow. This is a very pro-business town. You know, if they can help you, if they can help you to get your business open, you'll you'll open a business out here. That's you great. know, if if you do what you're supposed to do, if you tell them what your plans are and you articulate it in writing and you have the proper planning, they don't want to get in your way. You know, I mean, sometimes you hear stories about townships that are uncooperative or whatever. This isn't one of them. That's great. Yeah. That's really encouraging. And I think that... Uh, you know, as as you had mentioned before, one of the things that attracted me to this area was exactly what you said: was we're in close proximity to so much, but it it maintains that true like all American small town feel, and I think it's a lot due to the people that are here. You know, they're very proud, Rofo proud, and all that yeah. stuff. You know, like well, they are. And we're fifteen yeah. minutes from King of Prussia, so in King of Prussia, you can go there, and I can say this: I live right there. Yeah, you know, you can go down to the zoo there, and you can find one of it's like Noah's Ark. There's yeah, right. two of everything there. Right. You know, yeah. and there's no shortage of shopping, retail, restaurants, fine dining. It's all there, yeah. right? But we're fifteen minutes from. It. Yeah, you know, but in some ways, when you get off the exit, when you get off at that Royersford exit, you feel like you're. 50 miles away from something right. like that, you yeah. know, so everything is accessible. You know, it's a little more difficult when you're commuting, right? It's yeah. hard to get, you know, west and uh, at night and east yeah. in the morning. But, you know, for what this area has to offer, how much, you know, being, I know you're a real estate agent, yeah. so you know what the housing is cost here and you yeah. know what the housing costs on the main line. Exactly and right. We're getting all the same amenities. We're getting all the same, you know, high-end features that the main line has. We just, you know, it's just we're a few years behind them right. and slowly catching up. So, you know, it's in no time at all we'll have all of those restaurants. We'll have those things. I mean, I just think about what Limerick Township itself has, and it's like for a small town, yeah. it has a lot of things going on in it, you know, sure. if you think about it. Yeah, we went to the Limerick Community Day, and that, that park there and everything is just massive. The park's, the the park's tremendous. Like, yeah, We're doing like, an event there in September. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, it's a local for the local Rotary uh, uh, Association, and we're going to be we're, we're going to be there in September twenty uh, third. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we'll be there in September twenty third, Mandarak Park. It'll, it'll be a big setup. They'll have a band. They'll have bands playing all day and music. We'll be there pouring beers. There's a couple other breweries. There's some wineries. Um, but but that's what you have. So you know you have Rotarians here. You have Optimist clubs. Yeah, right. You have things like that here, and you still have people getting together. They do it. You know the Optimist club I think meets at the at the Limerick Diner. You know the Rotarians meet. You know maybe Anna Marie's. They meet somewhere yeah. around here. But but that's the thing, and they feature different businesses. You have the chamber of the the Springford Chamber of Commerce, and they'll go around and they'll try and do something at everyone's location and kind of you know spread the love and the business. And that, that's kind of what this is. This is. Uh, it's beyond just a town. It's it's more like a community, right? You know? And that's one of the things I, my wife and I noticed right away, and we said, you know, this seems like a great place to bring our kids. I'm, I, you know, I have a nine and a seven year old, and uh, you know, we could go on. The school district obviously is is uh, very highly spoken about in this area and everything. So we sure could spend is, a whole yeah. other. I'll I'll save that for another episode when I talk to someone from the school board. Yeah, you're the principal there. Yeah, right. The high school because <laughs> so, the school district the school district's great. 
you know, all the services, the police, the fire department, everyone we've dealt with, you know, we yeah, honestly, if I, we are not really the type of people to hold back, you know, if I yeah. had a bad experience, <laughs> I'd call it out. Yeah. You're not going to have one out here unless you're looking for one. Right. Yeah. And it seems like everybody wants, it seems like people generally want the town to succeed. So they if do. someone's coming here, like you guys from the outside and seeing the value that this town has, they're going to. You know, roll not roll off the red carpet, but for for lack of a better term, they're not going to get in your way. They're not going to put up obstacles they're for not. you to do they're that. Very, so they're great. very encouraging of new business. They 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 process your your permit applications, your use and occupant. They they work through that as fast as they can. You know, they do their due diligence, but at, you know, they they they're very expedient about it. So, uh, sorry, guys. Oh, I was going to say, I just I have um I have friends who are opening breweries in other townships. It's taken them 18 months. It's wow. taken them two years to get all the permitting process done. We were, um, from the time we took possession of this building, it took us five months to get open. Wow. So, um, yeah, they, they really are absolutely great. Just That's crazy. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you happen to know what was here before you guys? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, this was actually the old Sly Fox production facility okay. before, before we took it over. Yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? In, now, the front, in the front, there was Sly Fox had a brew pub. They moved out, and a couple of their employees, I think, took took it over. It didn't make it as a business. It became a new uh, restaurant. Didn't really make it as a business. Um, that happens. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for them. So the the front is vacant right now. It's um it's pretty large. It kind of worked out for Sly Fox as they were making their own beer. It's kind of a large restaurant for the area, you know, yeah. just as a standalone place because it's it's uh it, it holds a couple hundred people. That's yeah. pretty big for a you know yeah, for, for a mom and place. pop type yeah, right. place. Um, so uh, we don't know what will happen with that, but this space was perfectly suited for us. So we were able to move in. You know, we had to do some modifications, but, you know, the concrete, the, the, the all the work in the floors, everything was kind of set up to be a brewery. It had a loading dock, had a parking lot. Here's the thing that you'll hear with breweries all the time. You know, they all go into huge spaces, five, seven, ten thousand square foot spaces with ten parking spaces. Yeah. You know, if it, was a, main street, if it was an office like nowhere, building, yeah. it'd never be permitted. You know, yeah. so they, we all get these big warehouse spaces, but... We're one of the few, honestly, that I know of that have a couple that have two hundred plus parking spaces in their lot. You That's know, some Weyerbacher. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> just roll up. Yeah, you know, people roll up here. They love the fact that they can do this. Park here. You know, we have Phoenixville down the street. They have a lot of breweries, and it's great. It's a cool town too. It's yeah. great. But you know, for us, when we came in here, we saw this was set up as a brewery. We saw that it had a loading dock. We saw it had a lot of parking. You know, we could have moved to Phoenixville, and that would have been a good choice too. But it just would have been different. We kind of like the space out here. Yeah. You know, we like we thought that our customers would really appreciate the fact that um, that we could, you know, that we could uh, that they could easily park here. Yeah. Um, for sure, and it's there's something to be said for being one of ten versus the one in a town. You know what I mean? Going right. back to what you had said before about. You know, there was a, they were pining for something like this in this area. There were there was a, there was an audience for it, but there was no place for them. To Absolutely, come, so. an audience for it. And you know what? A lot of those folks, and a lot of those folks, they might have gone to, um, you know, they might have gone over to Phoenixville before that. They might have gone out to any of the other area places, and they're all good choices. But yeah. this was a pretty big void right here, yeah. considering that in all of Limerick Township, you know, we were the only ones. Now. Yeah, so that's pretty. Pretty amazing. No. Yeah, and it's nice, you know, because it's just another thing that Limerick has, you know, add to their list, you yeah. know, because, uh, you know, they do. They have a lot. There's a, there's a lot going on here, you know, and, and it has a small town feel, but it also has a very pro-business feel to yeah. it. So people are encouraged to move their businesses out here, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a manufacturing facility, right? Um, you know, and, and, and 
the nice thing about it is, you know, we found employees out in this area. So, you know, there's a good, there's a good labor pool out yeah. here, you know? And, uh, so really I would, you know, anybody that's looking, I'll throw my plea right to the yeah. camera. <laughs> You're looking to start a business and you know, you feel like there's an opportunity in Limerick Township. I would say explore it because yeah. you know, you don't, you, it's like, it's like my father would always say, you know, you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. So. And it, I think like what you were saying, you know, when people look at, oh, it's all chains and stuff. I think that one of the things that chains does to serve a town is it brings people there that otherwise would have never gone. And then they see what the town has locally, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what is, what is unique to the town. So sometimes, you know, you kind of have to throw cast a wide net and put a, you know, a target and a this and a that. And then people drive, go drive by and see, Oh, wow, look at that little cute little place over there. Look at this little like antique shop. You know, I had no idea this stuff was out here. Right. And then, you know, for the people that like myself and my wife, you know, that's what we really like. I mean, like it's great to run the giant. Sometimes it's great to do that, but to be able to drive past and see small business after small business, after small business, after small business that are thriving, that's like a huge testament. And so, that's so, Limerick, so right? Area. We're yeah, just so. dotted with small businesses. Yeah. There's big ones, but they're kind of confined to areas. Yeah, right. It's like know? those big shopping centers that they, they stay onto themselves, and then you kind of yeah. have to, you go into the town and you see a little bit more of the character and the, the tradition and the history. So. Mm-hmm. But Roarsford itself, you know, yeah. you go into there, into Spring City, it's no big, it's all, it's all mom and pop type right. businesses, you know, it's all people kind of, you know, carving out a business out of, you know, an area that was, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't pay somebody to yeah. move in, you know, and now... People are taking notice and they're saying, you know, there is opportunity there. There's a lot of people working, you know, you know, there's a lot of employers that pay people very well. You know, there's people with, you know, uh, higher, you know, middle income and and above earnings. And, you know, you can't, you know, they're not going to really settle for hot dogs. You know, they spent a lot of time. They went to school. They didn't get those good jobs just because there's no one else to hire. They got them because, you know, they, 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 they educated themselves. They picked up specific skill sets, you know, and because of that. These are people that probably have more discerning taste in a way. Right. And, um, you know, if you want to cater to them, um, it's also a good warning because, you know, we do our best every day to, you know, Ethan does with the brew team and, you know, to put out the best possible product every day because it's, it's this is no longer the place where you can take advantage and you can just open kind of like a lousy place and right. just think because there wasn't anything else out here yeah. that you're going to have the run of the lot. You'll go out of business. And, yeah. and quite frankly, you should. Yeah. Because if you're going to treat people like that, and think that they're lucky to get what they get, then then you're going to get what you get too, you know. Yeah, exactly, so we provide right. them a, a good a good product, a nice atmosphere to hang out, and they've responded really well to it. Yeah, and, you know, there are several case in point of of what you just described about people just kind of on a whim starting something, and then a couple months later going on autopilot yeah, and, and just it, thinking, ah, oh, it's Roy's for what do they know? What do yeah. they have out here? Yeah. Uh, they don't have stuff. Oh, I'm from Philly, you know. Yeah. Oh, we have this and that and the other. <laughs> Well, you might, yeah. but it doesn't mean these people don't know anything. They do. They yeah. know more than they know more than anybody is giving them credit for right. because there's a lot of opportunity still to be had here. And yet, I turn around and there's another guy who wants. To, oh, I'm opening in King of Prussia, you know. Yeah. I'm opening in Phoenixville. They're all good places, but the rent is five times what it is here. Yeah. The 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 red tape is five times what it is here, you know. And right. this is a place you can move into. You can find an affordable space if it's your first business. It's a great place to do that. Yeah. You know, you provide people with a good, good quality product or service, and you'll be in business a long time. Yeah, I find it really interesting that the idea was percolating for so long for you specifically. Like, I mean, like you, and to have been able to kind of have such a clear vision so long ago and be able to bring it. What, what does that feel like? Well, it's it's um, 
it's awesome. I mean, yeah. there's there's kind of two phases to it, right? The, the first thing is there's this kind of surrealness to it still. When I was 16, I had a business class in high school where I wrote, I wrote a paper about how I wanted to open a brewery. Um, and, <laughs> sure, uh, mom and dad were so proud. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, you know, my the first legal beer I ever had was at a bar called Mad Max in Pittsburgh. And uh, the Mad Max in Philly was uh, carrying, they're not open currently, but they were carrying our beer. So there's like little things like that that are very surreal. But at the same time, like we kind of mentioned earlier, I also worked really hard for a really long time to work up in the industry. So when we actually started operating this place, I had been a head brewer for about uh, three years at different companies at that point. So my day-to-day job didn't really change all that much. Um, And in my opinion, that's kind of how it should be if you open a business, right? I don't think that... um, I don't think that opening a business with no prior experience in the industry is necessarily a good idea, right? So there's, there's, uh, you know, the part of it that is still feels pretty cool and, and surreal every day, where it's like, well, I can't believe I have my, you know, I have my own place and I'm working with my family and everything like right. that. And then there's part of it too where it's like, well, this is this is the job I should be doing right. at this point in my career. So yeah, you put in the work and you're seeing the trajectory of your life was geared this way. Yeah. And you're, you know, so I, I definitely agree with that, that there's a lot of people that they have an idea and they, they jump on the idea, but they don't put in the, the behind the scenes work that no one really, yeah. you know, and then people see this business pop up and they go, Oh, look at this overnight. How about and you're like overnight? I've yeah. been doing this for a long time. You well, know? Yeah. We get, a, we get a lot of guys who um, have opened businesses who are home brewers and, uh, you know, a lot of them are successful. Uh, some of them are not. Um, but uh, they, even if they are successful, they spend three to four years really struggling to figure out uh, what they're doing. Right. And they, you know, um, we were able to hit the ground running uh, because we, we all knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, Jim and Kate had all the relevant experience they needed to help get the business open and get the business side of things running. Um, and I was able to hit the ground running with the brewery. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the way it should be. Right. That's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing your story. Just as we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, you know, I, I like to ask this question um, from both of you. Uh, tell me one lesson, either from a past employer or a, a teacher or something like that, that a lesson that you said, you know, when I, if I ever get a shot, I'm, I'm going to remember this lesson, either a positive, like where someone said, you know, always, you know, you know, never burn bridges or a negative where some, you were like, I'm never going to treat somebody the way that guy treated me. Like any examples you care about sharing of like a life lesson that you learned along the way, whether from a parent, a teacher, a, a coworker, an employer that you've held with you and, and, and tried to apply in your in the business here at Stickman Brews. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot. But. It's human capital. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, that's an easy one before yeah. you were finished saying it. Yeah. I already knew the answer. So, um, the way I look at it is I see a lot of businesses out there. You look at look at big business, look at look at fast food places. They all pay people the same amount of money. It just creates an environment where people come and go for 25 cents an hour. Yeah. There's no loyalty. And, and, and the employees shouldn't know any loyalty because, you know, there's a lot of big business in America. They treat people very poorly. They pay people very poorly. And they complain bitterly when legislation is, is is introduced to get them to maybe help put some of their poverty poverty wage level earners on par with the rest of America. Yeah. And it's oh no, that's going to drive everyone out of business or drive everyone out of business. Well, you know that's funny, but I the way I look at it is we want to be the employer. We are the employer in the brewing industry. You know we we don't pay people in cash. It's a real business. Yeah. We don't. Uh, we offer people paid time off, health insurance, 
you have to treat people well when you're in business, right. you know? Um, if you want to be an absentee owner and let your business be run by teenagers, <laughs> you're not going to find a sympathetic shoulder to cry on yeah. when, when, you, when your business fails, you know? So it's, so for me, it's always treat people well. I want people to come here. We, we're looking for when we hire, we try and find the best people we can. When people leave here, we only want it to be because maybe they've taken a position or there's something that we couldn't offer them. You know, Ethan's our head brewer, right? If somebody's aspiring to do that, they can't do it here, yeah. not right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. so if they have a chance to do it somewhere else, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get all of our support and our congratulations and they're going to move on. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, generally you have to treat people well. So we aspire to be the, a brewery in the area that pays people the best, that has the best, you know, not just, not just in the compensation, but quality of life. You know, respecting people's the fact that they have things going on outside of this place, right. that they're adults and they need health insurance, that they need time off because they may have children. And even if they don't, that's not a prerequisite yeah. to needing right. time off. You know, so I look at the way that big businesses are run and I kind of find it appalling in a way because I find that all they do is they, they all want to pay people the same. They all want to give the same benefits. And none of them create a culture that, that, that is supposed to foster any type of buy-in or ownership right. on the employee's part. And that's what we have here. And because Ethan has developed a close relationship with the brewers, I work with our, you know, our salespeople and the other outside staff and the other vendors that we work with. And because of that, we're able to do more with less. We're able to get people to buy in and we're able to get them to work harder for us than they would if they're just dragging themselves through just a regular job. Right. You know, this is something that we hope will lead to something for them. They're going to learn a lot under Ethan if they want to move on and apply those skills in another state, at another brewery, if they have a chance to move up, then they do that. Right. But the biggest lesson, the biggest, the biggest thing I feel in business is you can't treat people like everyone else because that's not enough of a reason for people to buy into your business. It's not really enough of a reason for them to care. Right. You know, and all it's going to do is just create a revolving door of employees. You know, one week you're training this guy and the next week he left for another, you know, right. another $25 a week. Yeah. That doesn't speak a lot for these yeah. big, large businesses. And right. you wonder sometimes how they got so big treating people so poorly because, the, the you know, the human capital, that element of their business, particularly in retail... I mean, it's, it's, it's so important, and yet the complaints, they you know, they never right. stop. You go into the big box stores, and, and that's what you hear. Yeah, so. that's what I struggle with, which is why I'm self-employed now. Well, <laughs> I, I, was, I was one of those many minions or cogs in a giant wheel. And, right, and yeah, if you're gone, churned, if you're burned, gone you know? today, it's like, it's like being on the front lines in a war. You know, you get so desensitized to it if you're the manager. Oh, this guy quit. Oh, well, who's next? Yeah, right. What do we got next? You know, and it's just putting people into a meat grinder and hoping <laughs> some of them come out the other end yeah. intact. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say. You yeah. know, you have to treat people well and you have to hire good people. If you do, you'll get you'll get your you'll get an exceptional value from them no matter what you're paying. Them. That's very That's I was actually going to say almost the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> I spent Great a lot minds. of time. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent. A, we talk about it a lot, actually. Yeah. I spent a uh, all of my career mostly, and this isn't to trash. I'm, I know other brewers I've worked for are going yeah. to see this. Yeah. This isn't to trash other people that I've worked for, but the culture in the brewing industry is such that everybody knows that you want to be in the job. Right. So they pay you as little as possible. They make you work insane hours. They don't offer you any benefits, um, primarily because they know you don't have a lot of options about where to work. Um, we've kind of taking that consideration out of the equation. Uh, we pay our people as much as we can afford to pay them. We offer them benefits. We offer them pay time off. Um, we allow them creative control. Um, our assistant brewer, Brendan, who is 
absolutely incredible at what he does, um, came here and he gets kind of free range. He has all these side projects he gets to work on. Um, our new sellerman, Kyle, is training to get those same privileges. We make sure everybody has creative input. We make sure everybody is paid fairly and treated fairly. Um, when they need time off, they get time off. When they need to take a vacation, they're still getting, you know, they can use their paid time so they're not in poverty for two right. weeks because they wanted to take a vacation, you know. Um, we make sure that our employees aren't living paycheck to paycheck. We make sure that our employees have input on in what's going on here. Um, because I learned pretty quickly that not giving people those things, it made me not want to work very hard and it made me not always do the, the best job I could because exactly. I knew I was being taken advantage of. Right. Um, I actually walked out of one brewery I was working at because uh, after working there for a year, um, doing a lot of profitable work for them, they offered me a quarter an hour raise um, and I just left. Yeah. Um, and I don't want that to happen here. Right. You know? And, and you know, more than that, it's, it's not just a dollars and cents calculation. I don't think either of us could really bring ourselves to uh, mistreat people, right. you know, and, and that's kind of the biggest the biggest thing for us here. Yeah, breweries really do have the potential to be the sweatshop of the 21st century. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of businesses like this, but, you know, like Ethan said, you know, some of these, some of these, you know, really incredible minds out here that figured out how to make beer decided that because there's other people that want to learn how to make beer, that they can take advantage of them, treat them poorly, pay them poorly, get, and, and basically make them, you know, go unpaid every time they get sick. Yeah. If they get injured, you know, if they, if something happens at work, you know, their their employees off the books, and it's it, it really is a disgrace in some ways. And we're not speaking for all of them, yeah. but there's quite a few of them still out there that kind of give you an envelope full of cash, and boy, you're lucky to be there, you yeah. know. And we don't we kind of look at it like we're lucky to have the people that we have. Yeah, they're lucky to be here too because they're learning what they want to learn. But really, we're lucky to find them because sometimes in business you have to go through a lot of you know, employees right. that don't work out before you find the ones that do. So when we find ones that do, it's it's terrific for both us that, and them because we're it's, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. It's kind of like the perfectly symbiotic relationship where no one's getting taken advantage of and everyone's getting what they need. That's great. You know, and that's kind of what we try and do here. So any of these employers out here, if you're struggling, you don't know why your business is failing, take a look at how you treat people. All right. Start there. And maybe you'll have an answer. I think that's such a, a, a good continuity from like the top down as far as the branding. You know, like you had said, like you didn't, there wasn't going to be pretension. There wasn't going to be this like la-di-da attitude. But like it's almost like everyone here embodies that little stick man. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no, it's not like I'm, everyone I'm does. The honcho, just, you know, yeah. I, I, I dictate. It's, it's a very communal. No, we're just aspect, a regular, you know? we're a regular bunch of guys. Yeah. You know, there's. There's, there's no, you know, there's the regular men and women here. There's no, there's no titles. There's no nothing. I'm Jim. He's Ethan. Yeah. There's none of this, you know. Oh, I, I'm afraid to go talk to the boss. I'm afraid to ask for this. You need, you want something, you need it. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's kind of what we do, and that, and that pays off. And it's pretty sad for people that have been in business a long time that can't just figure out that basic principle that. You know, the golden rule isn't just something that applies, you know, for school children. <laughs> right. You know, it applies when you own a business. You yeah. know, if you wouldn't want to be treated like that as an employee, why on earth would you think that this person would? Right. You know, they're, they're, they're beneath you, you know. So we don't, we don't, we, all of our employees were, were, were equals. And, uh, you know, we share, we share in the successes or failures of this place together. That's good. Well, I wish you guys continued success that you continue to have that human capital just overflowing. <laughs> so, um, 
as we wrap up, why don't you guys uh, let the viewers know how to get in touch with you, your website, all that, the social media, all that stuff, just so they can check you out. And we'll have it at the bottom of the video, obviously, sure. for people to, to click out to, but I'll give you guys a chance to plug the business a little it's, bit. It's uh, the business uh, Stickman Brews. We're at 326 North Lewis Road in Royersford, PA, Suite 240, around the back. <laughs> um, uh, all our social media is at Stickman Brews. Um, we're not really active on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram. And our website is stickmanbrews.com. Uh, you can also find our beer um, anywhere between Philadelphia and Lancaster and all points north. Uh, so keep an eye out for us at your favorite local bar as well. Sweet. And if your favorite local bar isn't serving Stickman, ask them why not. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> for sure. And if they say, I've never heard of it, you can say, well, let me tell you all about it. Or share this video with them, and they'll know all about it. There you <laughs> so, go. Perfect. So I've got to plug my own thing here, too, at the same time. So thanks, Jim. What a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Love talking Pleasure to, to have you. Thanks a lot. I'll be sure to be coming in and play some board games. Absolutely. Uh, bring my kids in, too. You're always so, welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for watching, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode, and be sure to visit Stickman Brews. <laughs>